0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta.
1: Angre's apna lagan or News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhorte. Welcome to another episode of Hafta. Uh, it has been heavy news week. Uh, lots to discuss. I will quickly get straight to the panel after which Manisha can give us the headlines. In the studio with me are Raman Kripal. Hi. Who is back from two weeks trekking in the mountains of Kashmir. How was it, sir?
2: It was pretty good. I went to Thassa Musa track. Okay. Six days from 7,000 feet height, I went to 13,000 plus. Now, see,
1: that's the inspiration for us all. We should all be as fit as so when we are up. We'll hear more about that. Also joining us in the studio, Manisha Pandey. Hello. Who has just finished recording Nuisance. It's yes. It's 12 in the afternoon on Thursday, the 9th of September and joining us... On the phone line is Sohasani Haider. Hi, Sohasani.
0: Hi, Abhinandan. Hi, Manisha. Hi, Raman. Hi. Hello.
1: So most of you already know who Suhasani is. She is a very well-known journalist and she's been on the Hafta a few times. But just to remind some of you, she's the diplomatic editor for The Hindu. She writes on foreign policy, as you can imagine. Before this, she was the foreign affairs editor and she had a prime time show on CNN, IBN. Back then it was called CNN, IBN. Now it's called Network 18. She was there for almost 10 years. Uh, her show was called Worldview with Suhasini She She's also been the recipient of the Prem Bharti Award for Indian print journalism. Uh, she's covered stories of conflict and uh, foreign policy from Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Libya, Lebanon, Syria. And in India, she's covered foreign affairs for over a decade. So Suhasini, you are right now in uh, Delhi?
0: I'm in Delhi, Abhinandan.
1: So before we get into the headlines, just want to ask you uh, how tempting or not tempting is it to want to be in Afghanistan right now.
0: Well, you know, uh, Abhinandan, one always uh, sees news stories. Um, I, I mean, as the, cent- the the idea that one has to be at the center of them is intrinsic to what we do. So yeah, it's a uh, it, it is a story that I would have loved to have covered on the ground. Uh, the truth is that the risks involved in covering the story at this time just outweighed anyone's consideration of whether we should be on the ground or not. Uh, And remember, those risks are heightened by the fact that uh, we are Indian journalists. So unfortunately, we are uh, uh, strapped in terms of how we can report the story. It is through uh, secondary sources, mostly. Uh, But but, the fact is also that compared to 1996, uh, uh, Afghanistan has changed so much that even though we see the Taliban not changing, perhaps, Uh, We do see that information is continuing to come out of there. People who have decided to stay back or have to stay back are on uh, online, on Twitter, on uh, WhatsApp, trying to get their stories out as well. Uh, But you're right. It it is one of those stories where one would like to be there. And and unfortunately, we can't be.
1: So have you been speaking to any of your contacts um, in journalism or with the government or elsewhere? In Afghanistan?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is possible to do that. Uh, not just uh, uh, people who are in in uh, who were in government, I should say, uh, in in Afghanistan, as well as uh, activists who are still trying to get the story out. But a lot of people, I and then who want to come to India and are just finding our visa policy for Afghans extremely restrictive. There are very few visas that are being given at uh, present. India did a very, mi- you know, sort of very a mini evacuation effort compared to some of the other countries. Uh, just as a comparison, India uh, did an evacuation for, for, for 565 people of which uh, just about 112 were Afghans. Uh, the rest were Indians and, and some third countries uh, compared to say the United States, that's taken out 124,000. Um, So, so there are a lot of people who have applied for Indian visas, would like to somehow come here. Obviously, a lot depends on when the commercial flights open as well. And they are reaching out as well.
1: Right. So, uh, let's just quickly get the headlines and we'll get back to the discussion on Afghanistan, which will form a chunk of today's podcast. And we have other stuff as well.
3: Haryana extends mobile internet ban in Karnal as farmers protest enters third day. Farmers agitating outside the mini secretariat in Haryana's Karnal District said that they were going to continue with their sit in protest after talks with state government officials failed. We also witnessed the Mahapanchayat on Sunday. Mm. Uh, that was in Muzaffar uh, Nagar.
2: There was another Mahapanchayat at Karnal.
1: Which is, when that I was, was
2: coming back. That was
1: yesterday. On the yes. That was day before. Day before. Oh, so there was a mini one there. But the main one on Sunday. Oh right. Yes. That that would be day before. That would be we're recording on Thursday, that would be Tuesday. Sunday was the one in uh, Muzaffarnagar. correct.
3: Government hikes MSP for wheat by rupees 40 to rupees 2,015 per quintal. That's quite a hike.
1: I guess they're trying to tell Ooh. the farmers, we are on your side. Hmm.
3: PDP chief and former Jammu Kashmir chief minister Mehbooba Mufsi on Tuesday claimed that she had been put under house arrest. Meanwhile, Sahid Ali uh, Shah Gilani's ri- last rites were held and his families claimed that they were not allowed to do uh, the last rites and there was a huge lockdown internet shutdown also as always in Kashmir
1: but I, it of course that led to us being out of touch with Maharaj but uh, video has emerged where his last rites are being done uh, now whether that I mean what is the priest equivalent for the Muslim last rites whether he is the, their family Malvi or government provided Malvi but video has emerged of the last rites
2: there's another thing because I was in Kashmir when it happened uh, but I was tracking so I came back and uh, i noticed that the entire kashmir was shut for two days so i was surprised i mean the kind of uh, you know respect that he commands but then the shopkeepers told me that the indian army i mean indian authorities they shut forced shut down on us but so but they have but apprehending i mean that something may go wrong but but third day they opened
1: all their shops. But he does have support because um, I mean they have restricted visits to his grave. Hmm. Because they are afraid too many people will come and make celebrate. How was the general him.
3: mood there though? I mean nothing. did people nothing. feel?
2: There was nothing? no mourning, nothing. Yeah. People were more keen uh, to start, you know, business. start their business. And and they were unhappy about the fact that there is no internet so so you can't pay through your card. David Cameron, he's doing business. Uh, so so mm. that that was
3: the Tamil Nadu Assembly passes a resolution against Citizenship Amendment
1: Act. And it appears other states may do this. I mean, I wonder w- that lead to another constitutional crisis or what?
3: The wire and three of its journalists get two months interim relief from the Supreme Court in FIRs filed in UP. Can you okay. read our report on that.
1: Yeah, we have a report on that. Also, you can... Uh, another headline that uh, Rana, a journalist, yeah, has an FIRE against, F.I.R. against, against her for uh, uh, apparently misuse of funds that she was collecting for the relief. Uh, so by first. the Hindu
3: IT cell guys. Hmm. Bombay High Court dismisses Kangana Ranaut's plea in defamation case by Javed Akhtar. Regional parties from Assam and Tripura form alliance to counter BJP. It's interesting. Crucial victory for Anil Ambani in case against Delhi Metro.
1: And so, this is now basically he will have a lot of liquidity. I think it's some 620 crores or something, maybe even more than that. Maybe it's six... I'll just check the exact number. Uh, So, this was a case where his company was contracted to run the Delhi Metro till 2038, if I'm not wrong. And they withdrew early. And uh, they have... Basically, the arbitration had awarded them 632 million, sorry, 632 million US dollars. That's 46.6 billion rupees. And... He can use this money to settle his debts so he will not go into insolvency. Uh, but let's see if that happens.
3: The toll from the floods in Assam has risen to 8 on Monday after a child died in Morigaon district.
1: Yeah, and also so, from, from Assam, there was a collision of two ferries and one person is dead and there are 35 missing while we speak. Yeah.
3: And in monsoon, the Brahmaputra is completely overflowing. So they are say, calling it a rescue operation but I don't see much hope it's there. It's a retrieve operation but...
1: I've seen the Brahmaputra in the monsoon, and they used to. This was the myth that you couldn't. It looked like an ocean because you can't see the other end. Oh yeah, you can't see the other end. It is. It is really it does like, look an ocean.
3: like an ocean. The Taliban on Tuesday announced that Mullah Mohammed Hassan Akund will lead the new interim government in Afghanistan. The Taliban has claimed that it has taken control of Panjshir province, and our news channels had exclusive videos of it, which they played and <laughs> which were gained international games. acclaim for that. Uh, Panchir is, of course, the last holdout of the forces resisting against Taliban. About 600 Taliban fighters were killed in Panchir province. This is the claim of the resistance forces. There is no way of really knowing what's happening there because both parties are claiming things. Foreign Secretary Harsh Vardhan Stringla on Friday said that the Taliban has indicated that it will be reasonable towards India's concerns. Hundreds of Afghan men and women on Tuesday took to the streets of Kabul to protest against the Taliban while shouting anti-Pakistan slogans over Islamabad's interference in Afghanistan's affairs. Meanwhile, the ISI guys were seen moving about in Kabul. Ashraf Ghani has apologized to Afghans, says he regrets not ensuring stability. A little too late.
1: Right. And also, um, Hemad Shah Masood was killed by Al-Qaeda um, in this entire conflict that you're talking not about. Al-Qaeda. Uh, sorry, Taliban. what i saying? A Taliban. And one person fighting there is a guy called Fahim Dashti.
3: Yeah, who's a journalist.
1: He's a journalist turned fighter. Uh, he's also been killed apparently. And he, I saw that interview. I think it was on uh, Srinivasan Jain's show on NDTV.
0: Hmm.
1: Or maybe I'm just mixing it up with another show. But I saw him on a show and he said, we'll die fighting, but we will fight. I think uh, he, was a, he was on Srinivasan's show. He was, he show. was on yeah, show. So that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty dramatic. And finally, before we move on to what all we're going to be discussing, there's a headline because it is going to be... Uh, a birthday is coming up. 71st birthday on September 17th. Guess who's? Modi ji. Modi ji ka bird hai. And the BJP will roll out a three week happy birthday PM booster shot for party and government. Where they will have all sorts of thank you Modi ji postcards. They'll be mailed from booths nationwide. There'll be 71 spots for clean up in rivers. Uh, and there'll be a lot of these things happening. So yeah, look forward to that. I... Hope we get some cake. In fact, there's a whole list of things that they'll be doing. But we shall come back to all this. We're going to be discussing the farmers' uh, protest. By the way, we have two NLCNA projects up. One is A Kashmir Ki Kahani, one of our most popular projects that we did when New had just started. We have updated that graphic novel, or what many people call a comic. It is factual, accurate, and full of satire. And it will entertain you and inform you at the same time. We are basically extending that uh, because lots has happened in Kashmir, we are updating that and we'll be publishing it in physical form. So if you contribute to the Nelson Air project, you will get that Kashmir Ki Kahani comic book as well. And of course, mapping the Maharashtra flood. Our reporters Tanishka Sodi and Pratik Goyal will be mapping the devastation of the Konkan region. Uh, the flood in Maharashtra killed over 200 people uh, this year. So we want to do a series of reports on that. Also the media rumble is coming up by the, by the way from the 26th to 25th of September go to the mediarumble.com i repeat the mediarumble.com and register you will not regret it we have some fantastic speakers this year as well
0: you know abhinandan if the world was actually flat and India was the westernmost corner of it, I would agree and say, no, it doesn't matter what happens in Afghanistan. But Afghanistan is India's immediate neighborhood. Uh, The truth is that what happens there will have a spillover effect in India as well. Obviously, if you first look at the security issue, then the security issue is uh, one, uh, to have a hostile government in Kabul Uh, after 20 years where India has been able to build really good relationships in Afghanistan is obviously a setback. Uh, And remember, India was Afghanistan's first strategic partner, not any of the other countries. Um, The second is obviously the use of Afghanistan for terror groups that are uh, targeting India is another huge concern. Uh, And if you've read that Adrian Levy book uh, with Kathy Scott Clark that just came out, Spy Stories, it actually makes the point that even the Pulwama attack was actually uh, planned by Jaish and all the, uh, the uh, initial work of, for that attack planning was done in Helmand province in Afghanistan, not in Pakistan. Uh, the third is obviously the use of Afghanistan by Pakistan, which is inimical to us. Uh, and the fourth is the idea that they could, Uh, have people coming in from Afghanistan to Kashmir. Remember the last time uh, the Soviet Union pulled out from Afghanistan that led to the huge uh, increase in, in terrorism in Jammu and Kashmir. So obviously there are those fears but beyond that I mean, and then Afghanistan is a country that India has had traditional close ties with. Uh, there's a huge amount of goodwill for India amongst Afghan people. Uh, what I find really interesting is that in the past, it's always been the international community that has tried to keep India out. Uh, you know, in in the uh, 90s, uh, the US chose to go with Pakistan to build up the Mujahideen, which and then uh, that part that broke off, which was the Taliban. Uh, and uh, and chose to ignore India's appeals uh, about what to do over there, about who to back in Afghanistan. Um, in, in 2001, surprisingly for many people, even though India had been such a huge backer of the Northern Alliance that came to power, that was responsible for the US being able to take the Taliban out uh, in that global war on terror. Uh, despite the fact India had that big role with the Northern Alliance, India wasn't actually invited to the first bond conference. Uh, and and practically pushed their way in. In fact, our ambassador who had gone there said that no, no rooms had been booked for the Indian delegation. Um, In 2011, again, when the British and the Americans decided that talking to the Taliban was necessary and India was not happy with that idea, we were practically cut out. And in the last few years, we've seen the Russians, we've seen Americans, Chinese, all of them holding these conferences, Troika Plus and Doha agreement and all without consulting India, really. But once the Taliban came back to power, what I'm really amazed by is the amount of people in India who now turn around and say, hey, it doesn't matter to us. What, what difference does it make? So long as there's no ter- terror problem, Really, as far as we are concerned, Afghanistan doesn't matter, but it does matter. India is invested there. We have very close relationships there. Uh, and, and the truth is, this is always, I mean, this is there to your west. We already have zero relationship with Pakistan. We uh, uh, were trying to divert through Iran in order to deal with Afghanistan and Central Asia. Now, more of that western flank of India has been cut off. And my final point is that we are dealing already with a very visible two-front threat for India. Regardless of whether China and Pakistan actually come together at the same time for a conflict with India, the threat is there. Uh, given the last year of, uh, of the impasse with China and the land that they have taken over uh, on, at the line of actual control, you already have a hostile relationship with Pakistan you add Afghanistan to it. Unless you have some kind of stakes in this area, unless you have a, a voice in a country like Afghanistan, it is going to be increasingly difficult for India to feel secure uh, right now. And I, and I think it, that will impact everybody down the line. That's not just something that will happen at the frontiers.
1: And just, sorry, uh, before Raman and Manisha, in case you guys have want to come in, please do. This Haqqani network that one hears so much about, you know, spoken about in debates and conversations... Uh, and this one representative of the Haqqani network, uh, Hakani, who's uh, there? I think Minister of uh, Defence, Interior. Interior, Interior Minister. Interior. Uh, what is this Haqqani network? Where do they get their money and their influence from? Uh, how are they? Uh, I mean, how are they positioned? What? What is their? I mean, are they Pakistani and they suddenly you know hop into Afghanistan and form a government there? And are they like the Che equivalent who was you know not Cuban but went on to become a minister in Cuba? Uh, who are they and and why? this hostility towards India? Why are we so wary of them and why are they powerful?
0: Now, uh, the Haqqani network was, of course, part of it is uh, is one large clan uh, that existed on the border areas between Afghanistan and uh, uh, Pakistan. Uh, the, the the chief of the group, the founder of the group was Jalaluddin Haqqani. He was uh, somebody who actually uh, uh, was in the Mujahideen. Uh, and, and of course, he has a very interesting background as well because he has fought on both the Soviet side as well as uh, was helped by uh, the U.S. and Pakistan to, um, uh, to fight the Soviets as well. Uh, Jalaluddin Haqqani was a part of that uh, original Taliban government. And then when they were driven out, he went back to what is believed to be, you know, on the Pakistani side of the Duran line to North Waziristan, uh, where he continued to be sustained as so many Taliban leaders were by the Pakistani intelligence. Why India's problem with the Haqqani network in particular, obviously there are so many uh, Taliban leaders who are on the UNSC um, uh, designated terrorist group, there's 135 in all of them, is because the Haqqani network has worked from what we believe is for Pakistani interests, uh, along with the ISI to target specifically Indian installations, Indian uh, um, uh, interests in Afghanistan. So in 2008, there was a massive suicide attack at the Indian embassy. Uh, 58 people, I think, died in all amongst them were two senior diplomats of India, uh, the political counselor there, as well as the military attaché. In 2009, they attacked the Indian embassy. Again, there have been a number of attacks on Indian consulates believed to have been done uh, by uh, uh, by also Pakistani groups like the lashkar e and the Jaish-e-Mohammed, but in consonance with the Haqqani network. They have been part of that. Uh, even most recently last year, you may have heard of the attack on the Gurdwara in Kabul which was uh, you know, what they call a complex attack. There were bombings, there was firings. I think uh, uh, more than 20 people were killed in that. Targeting of Sikhs was a part of, was, was believed in fact uh, uh, strangely to be done by the Haqqani Network and the ISKP, the Islamic State Khorasan uh, in conjunction. So India believes that they are not just inimical to, um, uh, to India's interests, they are actually a, a massive threat. For our interest there. So the fact that Sirajuddin Haqqani has now been made the interior minister is, is, is a very, very strong signal to India that this is not a government that's going to be friendly to our interests, particularly if, if we say that our interest is only to ensure that there is no terrorism in Afghanistan aimed at India, then how do you explain the uh, the fact that the interior minister of uh, Afghanistan's new regime, if you like, is somebody who has been so, uh, uh, you know, uh, dangerous for India. Uh, now there are many ways in which uh, uh, India can uh, try to manage that particular threat, but that is one uh, big worry. The rest of the cabinet, of course, has been spoken about. There are 33 essentially men in that cabinet. Uh, there are no women. There are no minorities, uh, and uh, they are uh, in in uh, you know, of them, so many are people who are designated terrorists, people who have had records before, the prime minister himself responsible uh, in the past for uh, the blowing up of the Bamiyan Buddhas, uh, that it sends the signal that this is essentially a government of people that is not certainly in India's interests, but is very much also a government that is working very closely with the Pakistani military.
1: Like the... ISIS, you know, forcibly takes women, etc. Is the Taliban known for that or is they don't approve that as use of war because they have some warped sense of, you know, morality that you can kill and blind people but not rape them?
0: You know, it's always a question of which part of any group you want to look at. Sure, there was that idea that the Taliban stood for a kind of moral force, that it stood for instant justice. uh, And if somebody was found guilty of rape, they would probably be castrated or have their hands chopped off straight away. Um, But the truth is, we all know that on the ground, these very uh, militant and uh, and empowered uh, populist groups end up just as violent as the uh, as the other, you know, the state forces that they pretend that they are uh, uh, actually against. And we've seen it in countries around the world. Uh, When you have uh, rogue uh, groups or militia groups that are taking on the government, they will often say that we are the justice. We will uh, will bring this perfect country and this perfect society to you. Uh, But eventually power gets to anyone. Uh, Rape is essentially an act of power and domination. And uh, that is how it has been used in Afghanistan. I don't think one can actually say that if the Taliban is in power, rapes go down. How do we even know what happens? Because uh, women uh, in the last regime of the Taliban, if you remember, well, women were uh, were being executed for adultery, which often was that they had been raped, but they were accused right. of yeah, being yeah. adulterous. Mm. And uh, you remember the the, the football stadium yes, that was really used for those it. executions. So it, it's it's hard to uh, actually see. You know, eventually the rule of law and in society has to be has to be the jurisdiction of a state force. It has to be the jurisdiction of a moral force um, that has been put in there. And okay, because we don't have something better than democracy, it has to eventually work towards being a representative government. Uh, Let's not be fooled. The, the, The Taliban may be popular in places. It may have a lot of support. Um, uh, it may have more support than perhaps the Ghani government had, but we will never know because it is not standing for elections. It's not a- interested in a, dem- a democratic setup. And it is uh, certainly not going to put its leaders to that uh, test of popularity. So you have to have these myths that they build around them, that we are more just or uh, we ensure the safety of women uh, in-, in the country. Uh, but-, but there's really no way of testing it.
3: Even with these uh, chai boys, the, as they call them, Basically, Mm -hmm. child sex slaves, Taliban would often execute the boys, like the victims of it.
1: Saying that they are. Yeah, that they are.
3: Because they also equated pedophilia with homosexuality. So that was just, you know, and uh, towards the later part of, like, they're fighting with the Afghan forces, they would send these children to the Afghan camps as honey traps. So they were also using these children. So there were many attacks on the Afghan forces, which were very deadly, which were these children basically waking up at night and poisoning or killing or shooting. But they were know, Taliban absolutely. using it as them as honey in traps. Fact,
0: you know, these, these traditional, supposedly traditional uh, practices like Bacha Bazi is, is essentially in today's world. It's just child prostitution, child trafficking and the real worry. And uh, uh, we should really watch this space as well. The real worry is that in this conflict, if the world just looks away, the world just moves out, uh, nobody is going to be monitoring what will happen to the children in Afghanistan. And the way already we are seeing in the lockdown and due to the pandemic around the world, child pornography has grown around the world. Child trafficking is actually much more rampant than it was because everybody's behind closed doors, everybody's on their computers, and uh, it's and uh, because of the lockdown, nobody's really going out and looking at all of these issues uh, and these problems. And Afghanistan, it may be even ten times worse. I, I think at the upcoming United Nations, they plan to have a special session just looking at this child slavery, prostitution, trafficking. Um, but of course, it's given this these traditional underpinnings. But the truth is, in the modern world, this this is what what it is.
1: In fact, Basant, uh, you can see his reports from Muzaffarnagar Nagar because uh, he was there. Yeah, he was
3: there for the
0: whole day.
1: He was there for from the whole the night. Day. So in fact, do go to newsrunner.com and see Basant's reports. He he went the night before? Yeah. Wow, okay. So, we guys… Or like... very
3: early morning because I saw his like very early morning. Uh... So,
1: he must have been there, uh, I guess, late at night, early morning, depending on, you know, if you're an urban party, party animal is, is 3 a.m. late or 3 a.m. early, depending on… Are you waking up? I woke up early to do Ganga at 3am or I partied late till 3am. So depending on who you are. But, uh, you know, we like to keep our reporters on the ground. That takes money, time, resources. As you know, we don't take ads. Neither do we have Patanjali products plugged on News Laundry as there are on others. So we depend on you for subscriptions. So please do subscribe and tell your friends and relatives to subscribe. We want to make sure that by next year when there are four states or five states go to election... We have, right now, sir, we have about what, 14 ground reporters, uh, other than desk. Yeah, Six, 12 to 14. So, I mean, we would like to get at least 25, so we can keep at least 10 in Delhi, and, you know, 10 can travel to 4 or 5 states. We don't want to do that by taking money from either, uh, you know, Big Ambani, Ab to chote ambani ke bhi 629 million, I don't know you people. Or Adani, or Kejriwal's ads, or Yogi Ji's ads, or Modi Ji's birthday gifts that he'll be, I'm sure, distributing uh, next week. Only you guys can give that to us because that kind of independence is what journalism needs. So all you at Khors and listeners, Chhota Hafta, if you are earning and can afford to and are buying, you know, a packet of cigarettes for 350 rupees for one packet, the subscription here is a fraction of that. So uh, it's for 300 bucks. So if you're going to spend a couple of thousand rupees on cigarettes or booze or chart papdi.